I think partner a lot of partnerships are formed for their own reasons. Like someone might want to get in front of another person's audience or vice versa, but there's not really an alignment there. It's not natural or organic. This is You Should Talk To, a podcast for busy marketing leaders who are looking for support and tips on getting shit done. In each episode, Daniel Weiner interviews marketing leaders and discusses their experience, successes, and failures around hiring agencies. If you're interested in finding and choosing the right agency partner, then let's jump in. Hello, and welcome to episode one of the You Should Talk To podcast. I am Daniel Weiner, the founder of You Should Talk To, and this podcast is currently brought to you by You Should Talk To until a sponsor ponies up the big bucks. You Should Talk To pairs brands and marketers for free with vetted agencies and or freelancers for pretty much any marketing or technology need. Why? Because finding great agencies is a really big pain in the ass. Super excited today to be joined by the CMO of Impact.com, Christy Garcia. Thank you so much for joining us. Christy, do you want to give us a little a background on how we got here and what you do over at Impact? Sure. And let me first say how honored I am to be your first guest. That's so great. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Mutual, mutual honor. And we'll try to try to help you get some sponsors here. Maybe we can we can up some really great content today. <laughs> I, I want big dollars by the end of the week. So. <laughs> All right. I'm Christy Garcia. I'm the CMO of Impact.com. I've been with Impact for around four years now, working my way up. And now I am the CMO of driving pipeline bookings and brand awareness for the company globally. So Impact.com, and just a short, short descriptor here, we are a partnership management platform, the leading partnership management platform, where we can support the full life cycle of any partnership. So if you're a brand, you're looking for influencers to work with or other brands to work with, you can come to the platform in, in the marketplace and find those partners. We actually are able to recommend partners based on what you're looking for. Then you can contract, you can begin working together, sharing you know assets back and forth, driving sales, and then seeing all the reporting and paying out right there in the platform. So that's, that's what it is. You can bring existing partners over. And we've been working with a lot of the IR 500, specifically the IR top 10, 60% is now working on our platform. So very excited and keep driving forward, getting, you know, partnerships, trying to help partnerships, help other businesses make additional money, a new revenue. And you all just had a pretty big event up in New York City that I was sad to miss, didn't you? How'd that go? It was a great event. So we had what's called IPX, Impact.com's Partnership Experience. It was the first time we've been back in several years, which was very exciting. You could tell that there was an appetite for in-person events. Everyone was just glowing. I think the content was super strong, of course, saying, saying from the, C the CMO of the company. But we did get a lot of really positive feedback, especially for our conversation with our special guest, Trevor Noah. And I'm not going to give anything away, but our CEO actually did some breakdancing on stage. It's true. With Trevor Noah, beatboxing. So you I, can see all of that on our website. <laughs> I was going to say, if we can somehow edit that into this episode, I feel like that, that would be, be great. Yeah, it's online. Yeah. It's there. Even yeah. better. No, I was I was purposefully interested in speaking with you. Impact.com is all about partnerships. My entire business is basically a partnership model. I work with roughly 60 agencies or so to varying capacities, roughly 50 freelancers. In yeah. your opinion, what makes for an excellent partnership? Well, I think there's a lot of ingredients for that, but the top three, I would say probably the first is authenticity. 
I think partner, a lot of partnerships are formed for their own reasons. Like someone might want to get in front of another person's audience or vice versa, but there's not really an alignment there. It's not natural or organic. Share goals. Are you both pulling your weight for the partnership to be successful? Are you all working towards getting to a certain level or getting to a certain payout amount? And the third is over communicate to build trust. I think when you're in the beginning of any relationship, being responsive is really important. It's important throughout the life cycle of the partnership, but more so in the very beginning. If there's no update, just responding by saying there's no update, letting letting people, your partner know that you're, you know, you've received the message and, and just kind of staying on top of that. I think those three ingredients, authenticity, shared goals, and communication really can make a really solid partnership. Yeah, I think the first one's particularly interesting. I see a lot of probably the majority of partnerships out there seem to be one sided. Somebody wants something from someone else and hasn't really given, you know, a huge amount of thought to what the other side is getting from them. So exactly. Totally. Totally agree there. In the context of, you know, new vendors and agencies, I presume now that you're in the C-suite, you've had your fair share of uh, vendor searches in your career. What are you looking for, you know, from an agency or a third party vendor when you're when you're sourcing those? So I think the way that an agency stands out to me is is their portfolio, making it easy to view a lot of the, the issues I have with, with agencies, let's talk about creative agencies, for example, they might show this beautiful work, but it's like, can you give me some stats? Like, what did that actually do for, for the customer that you had? Like, I don't need to necessarily know that you can create beautiful content. For me, it's more about, you know, what did this provide for that person? Was it a brand lift in awareness? You know, is there affinity? Was there some sort of, you know, direct response campaign element to it? Is there anything that you can share as far as results go, except a, a pretty picture, which is nice to see, but not exactly what I'm you know, looking for. Because at the end of the day, every dollar spent in B2B marketing usually has to have some form of return. And so for me, that's very important, understanding what they can provide to me. And then secondly, the, the same urgency in the middle of the partnership that I saw in the beginning. An example of that would be if you're working with an agency for a while and you tell them you're unhappy because you're not getting what you want out of it. And all of a sudden it's like, you're the star of the show. They have so many great ideas. Everyone's pressing the gas pedal. Everyone's ready to go. But you didn't get that until you showed how unhappy you were. I, I want an agency that's always doing that. You know, that I don't have to say, oh, by the way, you know, you've been slipping here and there. I don't feel like you're coming to the table with new ideas that that should happen with the relationship. That's what we're paying for, for in, in a lot of cases. So I think that those things are really important when looking. You, you want the honeymoon phase to last longer than just the honeymoon, presumably. Yeah, it sounds you could. Like. yeah I think that's really important. It's, yeah. it's a sign of respect in my yeah. mind and being Absolutely. attuned to someone's needs. Yeah. Also uh, probably makes it easier to ask for more budget and renewals when those things come up after the the contract terminates and stuff like that. Exactly. To that end, when you are, once you've determined that you're looking for an agency, a freelancer, or some sort of vendor, where are you going typically? I find now like communities are a huge place that people are having these conversations. Whereas many, many years ago, you were probably in my experience going to Google and searching for, you know, agency with the city name after it and something like that. Where are you most finding success when you're looking for something like that? Other than me, of course, now that you know of that course. I course, Of course. Well, I think I'm doing what everyone else is doing. And it's the problem. It's hard. That's why it's hard to reach consumers nowadays, because what they're doing is they're going into these communities and they're posting in social 
right? And that's what the whole concept of dark social came from because you cannot track it back. It's a conversation happening on the platform with no links exchanged. So there's no tracking. The The other thing is, if you had asked me a year ago, I wouldn't have had this option, but now I'm a member of Chief, which is a women-only network for VP and higher. And so I will post in the community board, hey guys, looking for this, can anyone help me? And suddenly I have 20 messages. Sometimes it's people advocating for themselves. Other times it's people just giving their experiences. I had a great experience working with this agency and it's been super helpful. But yes, going to like just Googling and looking for reviews is, is really the only time I'm going to use a search engine and trying to find the authentic ones that I can tell haven't been compensated for leaving a good review. <laughs> so G2 Crowd is the big one for, for me as a B2B marketer, but also just, you know, reaching out on LinkedIn and asking the question I think is is still really important. So there's a lot of different channels that I'm, I'm using now to find, to find the right agencies or vendors. That's great. I've seen a big shift since COVID in the brands that I'm talking to, particularly bigger brands moving away from bigger agencies and moving towards smaller boutique agencies. Yeah. Yeah. Independent agencies as well. Do you have an opinion of that? Do you think that you know, big companies or big named companies, quote unquote, need big agencies? No, I, I, I'll tell you some of the best work I've ever gotten has been from a small agency, like small, like three people. <laughs> and did that um, come down to the more, more the work, more the experience process, all the above? It was all the above, but they got it. Like they cared. They actually, this is the, one of the best examples I can give of a, a really strong, solid working relationship I had with an agency was before the, before we even got on the call, they had every single thing about the company memorized. Like they knew exactly who we were targeting. They understood what challenges we were facing. Some At some point I was kind of like, did I give you, did I put this in the creative brief? Like, yeah. how do you possibly know this? But they had done all of this research. And so when I'm talking, they're like, they were finishing my sentences. And that really meant a lot because it wasn't fake. It didn't feel like they were putting on airs or trying to talk how great they were. They were telling me what I needed and I'm just going to admit it like everybody else. Like sometimes I need someone to tell me what I want, right? Like I'll say, I'm looking for this and okay, let me tell you what you want. And you have to be aware as a marketer and a leader that you may not know everything, first of all. But second of all, finding an agency that has done that due diligence, it, it's a sign of things to come, I believe. The honeymoon That's phase begins before the sale. Yeah, it did in, in this case. That's great. And was that a long lasting relationship? Yeah. At the time I was, I'm no longer with the company, but yeah, there sure. was the, the two years I was there. I, I didn't ever look elsewhere. I know two years doesn't sound like a long time, but it felt like a long time at that company. That's, that's, that's a long time in agency world. Uh, it, it's hard yeah. to retain clients. To, to, that, to, to go to the other side of that without bashing anybody, can you think of a, a bad agency experience and what made that, you know, not, not as positive as what you just described? It's the same thing. It's never a bad agent. It's never a, a bad experience for me. It's more like, how much do I have to push? Because if I'm paying, I'm going to get it one way or the other. Yeah, until I can find someone who maybe I don't have to push so hard. But it's that same concept that we talked about earlier, where I have to be unhappy in order to get something. Like the what is it? The creaky wheel gets the oil or squeaky whatever. We, it, squeaky wheel squeaky, gets squeaky. something. Not not creaky. Squeaky. <laughs> and I don't want to have to be that all the time. I don't have time for that. You know, I need someone who understands the role that they play and continue to do their best in that without me having to constantly check. And I've heard the saying like an agency is only as good as the person managing it. I don't believe that. I don't. I think 
some bad agencies, that might be true, but I know there are a lot of agencies that don't need that constant reminder to do good. You know, they are out there. I have found them. Yeah, I get such a, a wide swath of feedback from brand marketers being a free service to them. The only real ask I have is for feedback after the process. And I get some that say that the, the biggest takeaway I have or that I think now, which some say is controversial, is I don't think the work matters. And what I mean by that is if your pre-sale activity, like you talk, being ready on a call, you don't even get to do the work, you know? And also if the process and all those things and you're, you're pushing, if, if the work isn't a home run out of the gate, there's usually more tolerance for, you know, correcting it and stuff like that. Do you yeah. agree with that? Or is the work at the end of the day, the work is, you know, what matters to you? No, I think it's exactly like you said. It's important to have a relationship and to, to have, you know, that communication going and have shared goals like we talked about. And, and the work is important, but what's more important is, you know, how you get the work, right? How do you get to that? Is it because you're screaming and punching and stomping, you know, or is it because they actually understand your business and your needs and the great, good, the great work comes from that. I, I think it would be hard to have a good relationship with an agency and not get great work from them. That's why I am a firm believer that whether it's good or bad, it is a little bit of a popularity contest. Because if you do not like who you're working with and you don't vibe well and mesh well, it's really hard to get good work out of people that you don't look forward to having calls and meetings with, meshing with. So it's good to be good to be likable in those scenarios. <laughs> One of the questions we got from LinkedIn earlier today actually was somebody asked your perspective on what's the biggest challenge marketing departments are facing right now. T take your pick. I can think of 20 off the top of my head. I would say the cost of of everything. I think advertising has gotten out of control. Trying to reach a consumer without being intrusive, very difficult. There's a lot of problems marketers are facing right now with consumers just being very distracted and not believing the ads and the messaging. And so that's where partnerships come in handy because if you are partnering with like an affiliate marketing or through the partnership channel, let's say you have a third party that's telling the world how good you are you know, they're promoting you, you're borrowing their brand, you know, recognition and leveraging it to sell more of your product and services. You need to have that validation. Like they, there is going to need to be somebody who's saying, hey, it works, this is good in order for people to buy nowadays. You can't do it any other way. I, I don't know anybody who doesn't do research before buying. So I think that having third party you know, validation is, is really important, whether that's through customer advocacy or through ambassadors or through influencers or affiliates or, or other brands or however you want to do it. You're not going to get through to a customer by yourself with no reviews or no, <laughs> you know, just through advertising alone. It's just not going to work anymore. So I yeah. think it's a challenge for people. Marketing is really hard <laughs> these really days, hard. Is, these days, especially you're competing for so much an astronomical amount of attention. None of it's cheap. And yeah, it's just really hard. It's, it's funny when I talk to agencies about onboarding them, one of the questions I ask, which sometimes I get a laugh, sometimes I don't. I'm like, do you agree business development is really hard? And some are like, what do you mean? I'm like, do you think business development is really, it's hard to get in front of people. It's hard it's for hard. people to say yes. And, you know, and I, I want to hear their response. If they say it's easy, I say, you probably don't need me then because I think it's really hard. Um, it is hard. It is hard. Yeah. We, I, like, there are certain businesses that do better than others in times of economic downturn. And I would say that the partnership channel and what Impact.com does has actually become more important in times of, like, recession Absolutely. or economic downturn because 
These partnerships are based on action. It's CPA. So you're not paying for impressions. You're only paying if there was a sale. I mean, that's the best type of payment model a marketer can ask for. I, I, we actually see pickup in times like, like these. We're not one of the channels that typically gets cut off, like, you know, let's say display or paid search because those prices are astronomical now and probably not as effective as they used to be. But yeah. I, I think that, you know, there are certain channels that do well. And so maybe align yourself with one of those channels. No, that's great advice. Do you see any major differences? And if so, like what's the biggest one in your role now as CMO from when you were a VP of marketing once you entered the C-suite? Yeah, I think you kind of carry your responsibilities along with you all the way up. I'm getting better at delegating. I'm getting better at, you know, being promotional for the business instead of just kind of behind the scenes and talking to customers. So those are things that I'm doing now more than I did when I was a VP. But it's also great to be part of a leadership team, like the one that I'm on, like we sit around and we talk and we make decisions together. And that's something that I've wanted at this company for a long time, because I feel like I do have opinions and I have some ideas that can create change. And so being part, you know, of that, having a seat at the table has been really important for me personally and professionally. It's kind of an obvious statement, but yeah, I really sure. enjoy it. Like I actually, I enjoyed being at the level that I am and, and the work that it took to get here. And I want to keep working. But the question of, of what has changed, honestly, is just sort of being being able to delegate more and not doing as much of the work yourself to a certain extent, being more strategic and less hands-on, and then building a strong team around you. Like, it's so important. And I'm very, very lucky that I have that strong marketing team because I can't be there and I'm not in the weeds anymore. That's great. That's a good leeway into the, the fun questions I have for you now. You mentioned that you're not as hands-on as you used to and you're delegating stuff. What was your very, very, very first job growing up? I was a lifeguard at a water park. And did that prepare you for your CMO role in any capacity? <laughs> you're, you're maybe saving lives now. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Saving, saving lives through partnerships, saving businesses, maybe. I don't know. That's true. It you was had, fun. You got a good tan. <laughs> yeah. Your last meal if you were on death row. I'm a huge Thai food fan, so I'm not going to pretend to pronounce it in Thai for you. That's, Let's not do that. Fair. But it is like a like a lemongrass chicken that has like a papaya salad with it. Okay. And then for dessert, I would I would get 16 handles. I don't know if that's a nationwide brand, but don't you can think go. So. And they they literally ice cream. Yeah, they literally have 16 handles that you can pull for your ice cream, all 16 different types, and um, then you can put toppings on it. So I've, for me, that's, that's, that's my meal. I have very few addictions and coffee and ice cream are two. Oh of my them, gosh, so. me too. I, I don't go a day without eating ice cream. Me too. Every meal, regardless of how uh, it, uh, it stops me we from always have room for ice cream. Yeah, yeah of course. We always have room. Maybe we'll get an ice cream sponsor after this. The final question, maybe the most important, who's someone who inspires you? Mm -hmm. Personally, professionally, it could be anybody. I'm a big fan of of writing content. And so I could probably name a couple authors, but I also really love art. And I would say my favorite lit living artist right now, his name is Eric White. And he paints and he, he does these really beautiful, like surreal images, very abstract in some ways, but it's, it just inspires me. Every time I see it, I actually went to his gallery in New York and he was there and he signed a book for me, but just, just looking at his work, I just get really inspired. That's awesome. Well, 
thank you so much for joining us, Christy. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. I presume the best spot to find anything about impact is impact.com, unless you tell me otherwise. And I presume the best way to get in touch with you, whether you want people to or not, would be LinkedIn. I won't even dream of sharing an email of a CMO. So I'll, I'll save your inbox. But thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. And I appreciate the insight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What an honor yeah. to be on the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for checking out this episode of You Should Talk To. This show is brought to you by the company with the same name, You Should Talk To, a company that helps marketing leaders find the right agency or freelancer for their situation. If you enjoyed what you learned in this episode, make sure to follow You Should Talk To wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or visit youshouldtalkto.com for more information.